helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. Hi, this is Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services, and I want to thank you for joining us in this episode of the Life Transformation Radio Show. Today, we have another interesting show lined up for you. Today's show is part two of Cassandra's Diamond story of escaping from the sex trade industry. For those of you who listened to the first episode, you know how spellbounding that episode was and how, how tremendously eloquently she shared her story of how God reached her in the midst of all that darkness that she was wrapped up in. Today we are going to talk a little bit more about her story, get some more detail about some of the the traps of that industry and how just how difficult it is to find freedom. We're also going to talk more about her conversion experience, her search for God and how she managed to find God in all of that darkness. So stay tuned because it's going to be another good show. But before we do that, let me welcome you as first-time listeners and those of you who are regular listeners. Thank you very much for tuning in again. If you are new to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Elim Counseling Services. We are a professional counseling organization that provides professional psychotherapy from a Christian perspective. Yes, the services that we perform are covered by most insurance companies. The counselors that work at Elim are all certified psychotherapists. But the big difference with services at Elim is that all our therapists are believers. And so we approach counseling, as I said before, from a Christian perspective. To get a hold of us, you can call 613-699-1677. Again, it's 613-699-1677. You may also contact us by email. You can find our email by going to our website at elimcounselingministry.com. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, Ministry. And without further ado today, I would like to welcome again to the studio Cassandra Diamond. Cassandra, it's such a a pleasure to have you with us here again today. And thank you very much for the the courage that you have to come on air and to share your story of what you have been through in the sex trade industry and how God has rescued you from that kind of life. It is great to be back with you, Michael, and to really get a little bit more deeper into how God really changed my entire life. One of the things that maybe we didn't touch on in the in the last show, and which I think we need to get into today, because sometimes I think uh, there can be this misperception that ladies who are in that industry, they just need to get out. And one of the things that you're trying to do with the organization that you have started, Bridge North, is to is to help people because, as you and I have, have had in, in uh, I've talked about in conversations that we have had, that it's just not as easy as people think that you can just get up and walk out of that industry. Tell us about the difficulties. Make those difficulties clear to our listeners today. Just to give some of the listeners uh, maybe a bit of a picture in your mind, imagine a pit, a really deep pit. 
you know, that you've fallen into. You just can't jump out so simply. There's many, you know, there's many things that you need to do in order to get out. When we first uh, had talked, uh, Michael, on the other show, I was talking about how I got involved in the sex industry um, by uh, starting off stripping. But what had happened from that point is I had met all the wrong people. And in that, I had met um, my pimp, um, who really then continued to to traffic me throughout the the very most of my time in the industry. And so um, the reason it's so difficult for women to get out is because so many of them meet exploiters and traffickers who then make it near impossible for them to get out without assistance. Hmm. So it it's it's a trap. It becomes a, a pit. And so people who are in this industry, they, they, they meet these pimps and I think part of the trap is that you think that you have found love. You think that you have found someone who really is going to take care of you. And you can understand how this becomes really difficult because you talk about your story of having an absent father, of having a mother who was mentally had mental illness and having a grandfather who, who who sexually abused you. So can you imagine how, I can just imagine how enticing that might have been for you to finally find someone who said, I can take care of you. I can give you what you have been missing in life. And this is uh, what... Uh, that this this is what attracts many girls or traps many girls into that industry because it didn't start out with them saying I'm going in the industry. It started out with them meeting someone that said I can give you whatever it is mm-hmm. that you're missing. Michael, it's actually just like that. There's we call them push and pull factors. I had all of the push factors. I had the the neglected home, the child abuse, disenfranchisement in every area of my life, and. I had the pull factor being I met this guy and you know what he realized what it was that I needed and wanted and promised me all of it all of it you know and he made it sound like we could get there and that he loved me and he had just really started kind of manipulating me to the point where you know oh we're going to have a family we're going to have this great life together so why don't we just put our money all together Right. And so now all of this money that he is selling me for is now going to this apparently communal pot that I just didn't have access to. But you thought it was like he, our money, like that's that's the, 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 the spin that he put on it. This is our money. Yes, and yes. it's going to get us the house and the car and this life that we need to live together. And so, of course, though, whenever I would want to go and spend any of that money, a huge fight would ensue. And so it would always get to the point where it's like, okay, I won't touch the money or spend the money because I don't want to fight all the time. And so, you know... He was really kind of manipulating, really just deceiving me. He just, he really sold me my dream. He sold me everything that I wanted to hear. And he was able to do that because I didn't have any real kind of family behind me saying, wait a second, challenging the thoughts, you know, and, and, you know, kind of making sure that um, I was protected. It just wasn't there. And these promises, you know, he would make promises and you know, it's going to get better one day. Don't worry. We only have to do this today. And then, of course, but tomorrow it was the same thing. 
So just enough lies to keep you going mm-hmm. one day at a time. Things might be bad now, but tomorrow it's going to be okay. So it's promises, promise after promise. And last week, on last week's show, we, we talked about the, the counterfeits that the devil presents. And what you're talking about here is another counterfeit, right? Where last week we talked about the counterfeit of having power, having control, having money or success but this week you're talking about the counterfeit of 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 true love you you have this counterfeit that this pimp is presenting to you that this is love this is how your dreams are going to be fulfilled this is how you're going to get the family that you have always needed that house with the white picket fence and and children and everything that you you have always wanted in life yeah and he sold me on the protection as well he would take care of me and 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 really all the things that i always wanted when when i was growing up right so but the the problem was in part two that that Michael I started to believe them even though they weren't happening I you know what I mean you know sometimes you'd wait and say wait a second the proof's in the pudding well we never got to the pudding part and a part of that was when I started to kind of realize I came to think earlier in life I knew that there was a God and that he loved people I just didn't think he loved me and so I I kind of my understanding of God was matching kind of some of my experiences where, yes, God is loving, just not towards me. And so um, I was really missing that that fatherly piece. I was really missing the truth about God. And so a, a lot of the, the counterfeit of deception and the counterfeit of maliciousness against me, I was able to accept it because of, of my life. It's interesting that you say that because a few weeks back we had a show about God concept where we talked talked about how early childhood experiences can help to form our concept about God. And so when you said, I didn't think that God would love me, I think it goes back to your childhood where the, the, the authority figures in early life did not show you love. So yes, in your concept... God could love other people, but God couldn't love you. And then the devil is stepping into that vacuum and presenting you a counterfeit of someone who is pretending to give you all the love and all the care. And so you went for it. Yeah, absolutely I did. And so um, when I was really kind of in the experience of being in, in the sex industry, and seeing all these horrible things happening around me, things that would cause other people to say, wait a second, stop, go get help, or this isn't okay, this shouldn't be happening here. I just thought, without without God in my life, I just thought that that was okay. It's not what I really want, but, well, I guess it's just the way it is. I didn't have that perspective that I have now, where when I look at, consider God and his character and who he is, I recognize that that God never designed any of his children for this type of a life. Not at all. And so, you know, how was it so that I was able to buy the lie? Right? I it's part of that where I bought the lie because I didn't understand who God was. And there's a lot of psychological manipulation by by 
the, the pimp who is pretending to love you and so that that the mixture of not understanding who God was plus this lie of this person who's pretending to give you everything that you're missing uh, got you in this in this trap that you found yourself in but I wanted to ask you today Cassandra uh, what what was it that finally made you have enough of a courage to say I have had enough of this life and I need to get out of it well I wish I could claim this huge courageous um, act but what I had seen was a family their names are Kathy and Jim Kathy's just like my mom uh, and it's a family I just kind of um, had been in for many years and I saw them give their hearts to Christ many years previous, and I had watched them grow and develop in Christ, and I had watched their lives really change, all for the benefit, all for the good. And so um, I had started to see that God is alive, He is active, and so I had them to rely on in His support. And so with them as support, um, when I had kind of gotten out of the sex industry it was actually that um, my pimp had I, I aged out and when I say aged out by the way I'm talking about 27 which is old in the industry it's kind of dinosaur isn't this kind of uh, very very uh, deceptive and evil because here you are someone who you met who promised you a life together and at 27 is you're On- already too old well, he's you're already aged out. He's already on to the next girl. At 27, because you're too old. At I'm too old, so he's gone on to a much younger, to another girl, and and that was what allowed me to actually get away and get out was that he moved on. But what I did have was the ability once I once he had moved on, I was able to get out. But I was only able to get out because I had this Christian family who I could stay with, who would support me and help me. And so that's what actually stopped me from going back into the industry. Because a lot of people, even when they, if they get away from their pimp or their exploiter, they still haven't necessarily been able to exit the industry. They normally go right back in and, and end up being exploited further or just remain in the because industry. Because they don't have that support of a loving family. That's right. And I think that's where Bridge North comes in, this organization that you have started, where you are now pretend you you are you're now providing not providing that family so that family in a sense street family right street family that's right right where this person can ha- get people in the industry can get the help and the love and the nurturing and the support that they need to get out of that industry if you have just joined us you're listening to the life transformation radio show this is your host, Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services, and with me in studio today, that other voice that you have been hearing is Cassandra Diamond, the director of Bridge North, an organization that helps young girls to get out of the sex trade industry. Uh, Cassandra has been sharing her story about her escape from the sex trade industry. This is part two of, of, of the series, the second part of a two-part series. If you have missed the first part, you can listen to it by going to our website at elimcounselingministry.com. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. If you would like to 
contact us if you have a question or you just like to talk to us, give us a call, 613-699-1677. If you have a story that you'd like to share or you'd like to just uh, share, give your comments about this show, you can do so by going to our Facebook page and by leaving your comments. We would be delighted to hear from you and thank you very much for listening. So Cassandra, we've been, been talking about that trap that you found yourself in, uh, the, the, the pimp that probably promised you love and had all the right words but dumped you at, at 27 because you're already too old and there was this ray of light this this light that started to shine on the horizon this family that came along and started showing you love and care and so it seemed to me that they they, they opened the door sort of for you to get out tell me about that that struggle that that, that, that step to get from the industry and your search for God in that process and maybe some of the frustration that you went through in making that step because I can just imagine it wasn't easy no. and it wasn't a smooth transition. No, it wasn't. And so um, uh, my my pimp had um, broken the relationship had broken the relationship off with me but I wasn't able to just leave it's not like okay we're not going out anymore and so I left the next day it took me almost nine months to actually be able to leave the industry because I was still lucrative and so in that time I just was sensing this um this warmth this um um this presence and when things would get too difficult or when I'd get overwhelmed I would just sense this presence near me and I would suddenly become calm and I would feel like it's sometimes it felt like as if somebody was putting a warm blanket on me and then another warm blanket I felt very comforted and very um uh cared for on the inside Mm -hmm. you Mm -hmm. see because it was the inside that was raging it wasn't the outside it was now my insides that were devastated and so Um, When I had finally been able to get out of the industry, I can look back now and definitely see that Jesus was really revealing himself to me and really giving me just an an extra um, gift of grace at that time. And so you're searching and God is beginning to to be present with you. So you talked about uh, your your search for God in the scriptures and mm-hmm. opening the Bible to find what God is saying to you. Tell me a little bit about that because that's very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> there were two times previous that I had really sought God. And I said, okay, you know, God, I really need you. And I really did. I wasn't kidding. I needed him. And so... I had opened up my Bible and had gone to Ecclesiastes. Um, Ecclesiastes? Depressed people do not need to find themselves in Ecclesiastes, let alone twice. Vanity of vanities. Life is meaningless. And I'm thinking, I know. That's why I'm here. Right? didn't quite answer. It is the solutions or the hope. Just that life is hopeless. That's it. So now, here I am. I'm at this family's home, Kathy and Jim's home. And they're at work and the kids are at school. And so I've got this space to myself where there is a Bible in every room I'll have you know. And so, believe me, when I'm telling you I had... It's really slept for about three to four days. And I finally was very just devastated. I was literally devastated from the inside out. And so um, I had gone upstairs and I had grabbed a seat in Jim's chair and I picked up Jim's Bible and I grabbed it and I, 
I just I just started talking to God. I said, God, I said, I need you, God. I I I need you. I'm I can't do this anymore. And I opened up the Bible to Ecclesiastes. The second time. Third time. This the is the third, third time. time. The third time. And so now I just said, I just don't know what happened. Something welled up in me and I just said, I am not taking that from you. I'm not taking that. And I started just going through the Bible and I started just reading. And as I was reading, I was just, the words were starting to jump off the page. They had meaning. They weren't just words. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I started crying and I just started mumbling and found myself mumbling words to him and going through. And finally I found myself at Psalm, Psalm 102, Michael. And when I read this Psalm, I finished reading it. It was like it was the story of my entire life. And at that point, I literally dropped to my knees and I just confessed to God. I said, God, I have made so many mistakes in my life. I am complicit in my sin. I am desperate and I am destitute. I am not even bankrupt. I'm in debt. I've made terrible mistakes and I cannot move forward. There's nothing I can do. I'm asking you to please come into my life and help me, Lord. And you have to do this right now. You either save me right now or you kill me right now because it feels like you're rubbing glass into my soul. Whatever you do, do it right now. And God came through for you right at that point. Yeah. And and it seemed to me that when you cried out to God that kind of way and saying, God, whatever you're going to do, do right now, you, you, you spoke from a heart that was full of pain, a heart that had enough, a heart that was desperate for God. And God came through for you in that moment. But it was a heart also that recognized I had been seeing Jesus. I had heard of him. I had denied him. And I would not deny him another minute. Right. You were not ready to to turn around your life yeah. for good. So tell me about the journey from there on. Because now you have confessed your sin. There wasn't anyone leading you through the sinner's prayer, but just listen how you prayed. I'm saying that's quite an effective sinner's prayer there. You have confessed your sin, you have repented, and this is all through God speaking into your heart. Mm -hmm. So for someone who is unchurched largely, I think it's very, very profound yeah. that you had that experience. I was entirely unchurched. And so actually the family I was living with did attend a church. And so I started going to church. And so what I had realized, though, was that all of my, really this um, heartfelt, genuine uh, profession of faith, I had zero vertical understanding of who God was, and none of what I did know matched my horizontal life experience. I had very serious questions that led me to an Alpha program. And I had gone to Alpha with every question and I wasn't even being shy because I had just truly given my heart to God and so but I still had all these questions that were unanswered and so I would be going to this alpha course and I would ask them questions you are telling me I would say to them you are telling me about a, a, a this God who is the God of justice could you please honestly explain to me how how God is just I, I just needed to know. With all that you have been through, it didn't seem like God was a just God. Life seemed so unfair. Yeah. And so I, I really needed help reconciling that. And so with um, with 
alpha and then going to church and really getting connected into the church community my church they did some amazing things for me there is about i would say you know four or five guys and girls that really just they knew something was wrong they didn't know a lot of people for many years didn't know i was a trafficked person but they just said you know what we are going to take her we don't care and so they didn't look at me funny they um they weren't haughty with their eyes right they were genuine mm-hmm. and they cared. They would ask me, this one woman, her name is Lois. She would ask me, so what did you do this week? And it got to the point where it's like, I couldn't, I couldn't lie to her. So I, it's like thoughts of going back to mm-hmm. the industry were there. Yes. But I couldn't, I kept thinking of Lois. I'm like, if I'm going to go to church on Sunday, she's going to ask me what I did. And I cannot go tell her what I did. Ju- yeah, you can't say I just went back in the industry, th- right? right. So, so it kept you, it kept you going forward and, and changing your your life so so th- this to me shows the importance of having a loving church community but you had another resource as well where at some point the church realized that you needed more than just the support that they were giving you that you needed to talk to someone take me through what happened then oh so actually of course michael uh, thank you for saying that. So they had realized, I think at my church, they saw, oh, well, you know, she has some really good questions, and we really think that this is a, a profession of faith, but I needed real help. And so a church secretary had recommended me to a Christian counselor in the area. His name is David, and he is really a godsend. He's just a godsend, and so he's he's very masterful with his craft, and his craft is wisdom and counseling. And I would go to his office, and I needed um, professional care. And in that care, he would really kind of lead me through um, a lot of kind of theophostic care. He would really help me to see where Christ was in my experience. And he would help me to, to see the truth of what, what God wanted for me, not the lies that I came to believe so I think that's so that's so important because after you have been in that life for so long and you have had so much psychological abuse and so much manipulation, even with the sinner's prayer, it was not just enough to say, okay, no, I've said the sinner's prayer, everything is now behind me, I just move on. And I think that's a mistake we sometimes make in our, in our churches where we think, now that I have said the sinner's prayer, I can just forget about the past and move on with my life. But you're saying that your church had the wisdom that you got professional help, you got, you got counseling, and it made a big difference in your life. And I'm sure it made a difference to where you are today. Right? So you're yeah. now involved in a church community. You're serving God. You've started this, uh, this organization, Bridge North. And so uh, I thank you very much for coming on the show t- uh, for these last two weeks, Cassandra, and for sharing your story. I'm sure that this story is going to be very, very life-changing for a number of women who maybe have come out of the industry for years, but maybe have not gotten the counseling help that they need to be able to put that baggage behind them. Or maybe there are women who are still in the industry who heard your story and realized that there is an organization now called Bridge North that can help them to get out. Maybe they're thinking that they're alone, but your story is showing them that they're not alone. God is there. 
Your story is showing them that they are not alone. There is bridge north. Your story is showing them that they are not alone. There are counseling help that they can get that can help them to get out. And unfortunately, we are out of time for today. Thank you again for coming on the show. So uh, if you'd like to find out more about Cassandra's organization or you need counseling help, please give us a call at 613-699-1677 or go to our website at elimcounselingministry.com. We'd be happy to answer any question that you might have, but we are out of time today. So until next time, this is your host, Michael Hart of Elam Counseling Services, praying that God would bless you in all your relationships and keep you sound in mind and pure in heart. Thank you very much for listening.